Roto Grinders presents your first word in daily fantasy sports. The Morning Grind, Stevie TPFL and Company are here to jumpstart your analysis on today's DFS slate. Without further ado, here's your host, Stephen Young. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It is Friday, it is June 28th, it's 2019, and we have 14 baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. I am joined by my bearded brother from another mother, Genie for 07. Grant, how are you doing, my friend? I'm, I'm doing wonderful. Only threw one lineup in today because I was, I was taking care of my niece all day long, and that one lineup is over a thousand percent ROI, so nice, nice money to spend on a whole bunch of beer. For the 4th of July. Everything's great. <laughs> Everything's great. Everything's okay. So, anyway. <laughs> we do have 14 games uh, to break down here on today's slate. If you guys haven't checked out our sponsor, make sure you head on over there. Check them out. It is fantasydraft.com. Sign up through the Roto-Grinders links. That way you get three months of Roto-Grinders premium for Fantasy Draft. Plus, you'll get... Any kind of cool promos that we run with them once you make your first deposit and start playing over there. So if you have not, check them out. Make sure you head on over there and check them out. Grant, let's get started. We start with Cleveland at Baltimore. Mike Clevenger versus John Means. Um, Any interest here in Clevenger? Yeah, I mean, his price tag of 9600 is just a little bit too cheap on the slate. In his last start, he got up to 91 pitches. I don't expect his, what, 50% K rate to continue, um, but he's still going to be a above-average K guy. He's got good stuff, and Baltimore's obviously a good matchup. 26% projected K rate in their projected lineup here. Clevenger's a little, just a little bit too cheap at 9,600. He's honestly one of the best plays on the slate in terms of raw points, and I don't know if I'm going to go at all above his price tag. Yeah, I like Clevenger a lot as well. Uh, sprained his ankle in his first start back. Really only going to miss one start here. Um, through a bullpen session, everything was fine. So no issues with him. Um, when we're looking at the top-end guys, I do think he's one of the best plays on the slate uh, with DeGrom in a tougher matchup against Atlanta. Um, Barrios has upside. Lance Lynn has some upside. But, you know, when you look at it, point per dollar, uh, Clevenger certainly stands out here. We know this type of strikeout upside that he has and that Baltimore lineup has. They have a 25.8% strikeout rate against right-handed pitching this season. Uh, going on the other side, John Means here. Um, you know, we, we use Means quite a bit at the beginning of the season. I don't think I'll pull the trigger here. This would be his first start back. It was kind of a shoulder bang up. So I think this is a spot that I'm going to stay away from Means. Yeah, I probably will too. I mean, I don't hate the play. He's only 6,800. He's going against Cleveland with, like, the top of the order is good, but the bottom of the order actually has some Ks in it. He's been very good versus lefties so far this season. Baltimore is willing to let him go over 100 pitches in every single start here, but it's not a great stadium, and there are other options around the 7K and below range. So um, I'm, I don't hate it. I'm not going to tell you not to play him, but I'm not going to play him. He's 6,800. If you want to roll the dice, I don't think it's the worst thing. But, you know, you have to remember this team doesn't strike out too much. He only put up 2.5 fantasy points the last time these two teams played. So a uh, little concerned. Um, also concerned about how deep he'll go. Um, I know he's thrown over 100 pitches every start this season um, recently. 
But coming off the IL, you always have to worry about, like, is he going to go his normal amount? Um, Cleveland Bats, you know, obviously anytime this team faces a lefty, I like Luplo. Um, outside of him, though, I'm having a tough time really wanting to pay up for any of these Cleveland Bats. Yeah, I understand that. Um, Kipnis and Jose Ramirez are starting to get into the range where I don't think they're auto plays. Kipnis going to get up against the lefty is going to be a cross off. Luplo, I like that call. I don't mind his price tag. Santana Lindor, probably a little bit too expensive for me. It's mostly Jose Ramirez for me. Uh, Means is a guy that gives up a decent amount of fly balls, and obviously they're playing over in Baltimore. Ramirez only has a 7.1 K rate on the season versus lefties. He's got a 52% uh, fly ball rate and an average hard hit rate. So he has a chance here at a home run at just 4,200. But outside of them, there's not going to be anyone I'm really targeting in my lineups. Uh, switching over to the Baltimore side, I don't see myself really targeting anybody here from Baltimore. You can always make an argument for Mancini. But as good as Clevenger's been um, in the small sample, and we look back to even last year, 258 Woba, 112 ISO, 29% K rate last season against righties. Like, I just don't see much here on the Baltimore side. Yeah, I don't really think I'm going to play much of anything on the Baltimore side. Clevenger was a bit worse versus lefties last season. I don't mind that price on Cisco if he does get the start here. 3,500. He has some power. It's in a good ballpark. And like I said, if Clevenger's trends from last year hold true, he gives up some power to lefties. So I don't hate him, but outside of him, I don't think I'm going to go with anyone. Kansas City at Toronto, nine and a half total here. Um, Danny Duffy against Sean Reed Foley. Foley's a 120 favorite. Uh, any interest here in Danny Duffy? Nope. He gets a ballpark downgrade, and he's not very good. I mean, anyone can put up big numbers versus Toronto. Occasionally, but I'm less worried about that going up against lefties. I don't, I don't have any interest in Duffy today. Yeah, I don't think I'll pull the trigger uh, on Duffy either. Like, I don't mind left-handed pitching against Toronto. I always think that they're, they're always interesting plays. Um, there's not a ton of cheap options, but there is one cheap guy that really stands out to me, and he's probably going to be really chalky. Um, but I don't care. So, like, we'll talk about him when we get there. Um. You know, the other side here, Sean Reed Foley, you know, everything we've seen so far from this guy this season has been terrible. We look back to last year. He wasn't too bad. You know, 3.99 XFIP last season. Um, good strikeout stuff against righties last year, but still struggle with power. Um, any interest here in Sean Reed Foley? Nah, he's been in the bullpen recently. He just pitched four days ago through 42 pitches. He's not stretched out, and he's priced at 8-3. There's zero chance I play him tomorrow. Yep, overpriced for sure. Um, Kansas City bats. Anything standing out to you for Kansas City? I mean, Reed Foley's not been great this year. We don't have a huge sample size. Last year, he was just all right. They do get a ballpark upgrade. I like Dozier um, a decent amount here. He's only priced at forty three hundred, getting a massive ballpark upgrade, and he has against righty so far this year a three twenty seven ISO. They're probably going to go against the Toronto bullpen which is not great. So uh, just kind of like you can play with um, and Dozier is what I really like. But the rest of the guys are kind of a little bit underpriced here. Gordon's only sitting at 4,000. Solaire's at 3,900. You know, as I'm talking about, it's going to be really easy to fit them and Rockies bat or them and Dodgers bats into your lineup and some decent pitching. I, I do like them. Honestly, their pricing is just too low. 
You can round it out with Nicky Lopez at 3K. They're they're just too cheap here. They might actually end up being decently chalky playing over in Toronto. Yeah, I think I, I still stick to Dozier and um, Solaire, but I don't mind Gordon at 4K. Uh, like you said, they're cheap, so um, don't mind getting some exposure if you're playing multi enters or multi entries here on this slate. Uh, as far as the Toronto bats, like I'm not a huge Duffy guy. I think Duffy does have some talent, but he does struggle with home runs. So I wouldn't mind playing like Gary L, Guerrero, uh, maybe Gritchick here. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they all have power. Uh, Vlad is way too cheap, as always, at 3400 Uh Smoke is too cheap at 3600 Gary L is the one guy that's kind of priced up here at 5200 But, yeah, you can get Gritchick. Smoke and Vlad is a three-man stack for an average of about 3,500 a player. So I don't mind those bats. And if you really want to add Gary Allen for a stack, then that's not a bad play. Or T. Oscar at 3,600. It's just a clear mispricing. Um, and it's an easy way to fit in some Dodger bats. So I like the Toronto bats here as a way to save some money. Yep. You know, maybe if you're looking to stack the Dodgers, which a lot of people will be doing, you kind of round it out with some of these cheap Toronto bets. Moving on, we got Philadelphia at Miami. Vincent Velasquez against Eliza Hernandez. Uh, eight total. Um, any interest here in Velasquez? I mean, we're obviously worried. How late is he going to go into the game? This is a great spot for him here. Going up against Miami in Miami, we're always worried about power numbers against him, or at least home run numbers against him. And this is one of the spots where we don't really have to worry about that too much. He's got good stuff, but only 57 pitches in his last start. And he was cruising. So that'll show you how much they're actually willing to let him go into the game. He's only priced at 7K. I don't hate it, but I got to believe that they're not going to let him go past 80 pitches here. Um, it just doesn't look like a spot where they're going to give him a long leash here. He can still do it in 80 pitches going up against Miami, but they're not an overly bad strikeout team so i i don't know i let i, I want to hear some number on his pitch count if he is at 80 pitches moderate interest in him less than that probably no interest but if they're said they're gonna let him go up to 90 i have a lot of interest in him yeah what's crazy is like he's facing miami again same team he just faced uh six days ago and put up 18.7 and his price went down 1700 bucks um Gave up a solo home run. That was the only hit he allowed in that game. It was to JT Riddle, I think. Um, I like Vincent Velasquez a lot here. Uh, I, I expect him to go um, 70 to 80 pitches here. And at 7K against Miami in Miami, we know, like you said, his biggest issue is power that he allows. But the dude has a 30.4% strikeout rate against righties this season. We look back in his past, and the strikeout rates have always been really good against righties. And this team being very right-handed heavy, um, I like Vincent Velasquez a lot, and I think he'll be pretty chalky today. I think he's going to be the chalk value play. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think people will be worried about his pitch count, but I very well could be wrong. Um, Eliza Hernandez on the other side of this game. Any interest in Hernandez here? Yeah, he's been fairly good this year, and he's going up against Philly. There's a decent amount of strikeouts here. Obviously, they're a very good lineup. They can beat up on pretty much any pitcher, but it is being played over in Miami. And Hernandez, 24% K rate, does not walk a lot of guys, gives up a lot of hard contact so far, um, which we don't have a big sample size. 
to lefties, but I'm not going off this a whole lot. I'm not worried about hard contact or fly balls over in Miami. He could give up a home run or two, but I'm really expecting him to have a decent outing here. He's only 6,500. You want to pay up for Dodgers bats is an easy way to do it. Um, I really like Hernandez, and he's one of the better plays on the slate. Yep, I like Hernandez as well. I think both these pitchers are very good pitchers on this slate. The one thing that always stands out to me when you're looking at digging into stats is, you know, the rate that this guy has been striking out people on the right side of the plate and generating poor hits. Uh, he's been doing that a lot. So this is certainly a spy like Hernandez. Uh, what do you like here for the Philly Bats? Um, for the Philly Bats, I mean, I don't like playing guys over in Miami generally. Um I don't know. I mean, against lefties, he should like he's giving up a fifty percent hard contact rate. I don't expect that to continue. His changeup's actually decent, so that shouldn't shouldn't continue to happen there. And he strikes out righties at at a high clip because he's a big slider guy. I mean, you can go Hoskins, you can go Real Muto, you can go Kingery, Segura, Harper. I don't think I will. I don't think I'm going with any of them. Even Bruce has some power, and Hernandez isn't going to strike out lefties at a huge clip, but. I'm I'm probably fading batters from this entire game. I wanted to fade them, and then I realized just how cheap they were. Like Bruce forty three, Harper forty one, Hoskins forty three. Like you make a nice little three man here, um, and they're pretty cheap. And JT Romuto going back to Miami thirty seven hundred. Uh, certainly, somebody you're going to be looking at at catcher today, just because he's a catcher that bats in the five and six hole, um, and you're getting a, a good catcher upside. At 3,700, so I like Hernandez, but I don't mind looking at some of these Philly bats if you're not playing Hernandez here because they're just they're they're pretty underpriced. Yeah, um, I didn't see Real Moto's price there. That's way too cheap. Just crazy, right? Like, yeah. Anyway, um, any bats on Miami side? No, just no. I mean, Velasquez can give up home runs, but he's in a good pitcher's ballpark. None of these Miami bats are priced cheap enough for me. If Puello's in the lineup. Maybe, or did he get injured? I don't uh, think he got injured. I don't think he, I think he just got a day off. Um, I mean, if Paul's in the lineup, maybe him, but I'm probably just going to fade the Miami Bats. Yeah, and he's been struggling ever since he came over to Miami um, big time. So, anyway, we move on. Texas at Tampa, Lance Lynn, Yanni Torinos. Um, any interest here in Lance Lynn? I mean, Tampa has some strikeouts. I have to wait and see the lineup and how many lefties are in there. Obviously, Lynn's been fantastic versus righties this year. He's getting a massive ballpark upgrade. I mean, the real problem with him is just his price of 10-1. I don't think I want to pay that much. Um, it might be contrarian. Like, sure, you can take some GPP shots. If it comes out fairly right-handed heavy, if they have both Zunino and Darno in there, um, I wouldn't mind it, but I, I don't know. I mean, if there's four lefties in the lineup, it makes it a little bit of a tough decision to pay that much for him when you can get DeGrom at 1,100 more or Clevenger at 500 left. But you can take some tournament shots on him. There is strikeout upside here, and he does have a 32% K rate versus righties, and that's been in Arlington for half of the starts. Yeah, you know, he always – a guy that gives up some hard contact and, you know, uses his cutter against lefties to generate some ground balls. Um, so – I don't hate this spot for him. I really don't. Um, I like the ownership that we're probably going to get on him here, but 
again, I don't want to go too crazy here with Lance Lynn just because I think there's going to be four lefties, potentially five lefties in this lineup. So that's what worries me with Lance Lynn. You get, you get your Lance Lynn upside from right-handed heavy teams. Um, Torinos, Torinos is a guy that like I don't hate now that they're letting him start. My biggest issue with Torinos is a lot of these guys on Texas hit sinker as well. We know he throws a sinker a lot. Yeah, but they still have a 25% projected K-rate versus righties in their lineup here. Trinos isn't a huge strikeout guy, but Texas, their numbers are heavily inflated because they play over in Arlington. Going over to Tampa Bay, it's a much better pitcher's ballpark, and Trinos is a good enough ground ball guy that I'm not as worried about the ISO in this lineup here. Um, he's had some tough matchups recently in Oakland, New York, and Oakland. Um, so this is like a bit of a better line like honestly matchup than I think Oakland or New York. Uh, I I don't hate it. There's a guy slightly above him that I like more, um, but he's definitely in play for me today. Yeah, I think you like him a little bit more than I do. Um, I don't think I can pull the trigger today. Um, Texas Bats, it's really hard not to like Joey Gallo here. He is a guy that is just mash sinkers uh, to the tune of a 463 Woba, 407 ISO with a 97.29 average exit velocity. Him and Mazzara and Chu, are they, they profile amazing in this spot. Yeah, yeah, all three of them are probably on my list. Um, Trinos has been good to both side, against both sides of the plate, but – he gives up a little bit less ground balls, a little bit more hard contact to lefties, and obviously these guys mash. They've all got 50 or 49-plus hard hit rates versus righties so far this year. So those would be the guys that I'd probably go with. Gallo's cheap enough at 4900 Mazzara and Chu are still affordably priced, so I don't mind the lefties here, but I'm not going out of my way to stack or play a bunch of Texas bats outside of Texas. Yep. you know Obviously, that's the downside. They're going into Tampa. And they're not discounted at all. So, uh, Tampa Bats here against Lance Lynn. Anything standing out to you? I mean, Lau, Meadows, Choi are all a bit underpriced here. Meadows is only 4,400 and he's a better hitter than that. And Lynn, as I said, it struggles a bit versus lefties. Um, and he always has. So, I don't mind any of them. And if you really need to save some money, Adamas is still like a better hitter if he actually gets into the lineup here than people realize. But it, it's probably just a lefty just because they're underpriced. Yep. Meadows at 44 certainly stands out. But Choi, I don't hate him. Don't Not going to go out of my way to you know play guys against Lance Lynn in Tampa. The Cubbies, the Reds, nine total. Cole Hamels, Sonny Gray, pick them. Um, any interest here in Cole Hamels? I don't, I don't think I want to pay that price tag for him. He's pressed at 9-9. We have Clevenger at 300 less. It's being played over in Cincinnati, and while Camels is a pretty big ground ball guy, there is some power in this Cincinnati lineup, especially against lefties. And in the Great American Small Park, I mean, there is strikeout upside. Um, looks like Gannett is going to be back in the lineup. Uh, I yeah, I don't really want to pay that much for Hamels. There's always upside with him. You can if you really want to, but I don't think I'm going to roll with him at all. It'd be really interesting to see what this Reds lineup is going to look like over the weekend with Dietrich and 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 Ju Scooter Jeanette expected back here. So, um, 
I don't really have a ton of interest in Hamels. Uh, I, I think he pitches well here. I just don't know necessarily, like, does he have the upside to win you a slate um, is my biggest issue. Um, I do have zero interest in Sonny Gray, though. Yeah, hasn't been fantastic recently. His overall season numbers are good, but Chicago getting a ballpark upgrade. They have some strikeouts in the lineup, but they have a lot of power here. A lot of walks. Gray can get a little bit wild. I'm probably going to avoid him, even though his price tag is 7-7. Still has some upside on it. Um, any interest here in the Cubbies' bats? Yeah, I mean, anyone with power. Um, so Gray has been better versus lefties than righties so far this season. Has been striking him out a high clip, but he's still giving up a 44% hard contact rate. Uh, Rizzo is very much in play with his low uh, strikeout rate there. I don't hate Bryant or Baez, and if you really need uh, a catcher, Contreras obviously has some upside considering that's a good hitter's ballpark. The problem is um, some of these guys are a bit too expensive. So I don't know if I'm going to end up playing. It's a decent pivot off of Coors, but at 5.2K for Contreras, 5.2K for Baez, 4.8 for Rizzo and Bryant. I don't know if I can fit them into my lineup in all good conscience, knowing that the Dodgers are on the slate outside of big field GBPs with a full stack. Yeah. Um, Schwarber finally over 4K, but I still think 4,100 is very cheap. Um, I like Chris Bryant. I, don't, I like the Contreras call. Definitely don't mind getting some exposure here to the Cubs. Uh, as far as the Reds go, you know, Cole Hamels has been good this year. You know, it's really hard to, you know, start stacking against a guy that's generating a lot of ground balls. Is there anybody standing out to you here um, against Hamels? Suarez is too cheap at 3700 Um I know Hamels has been decent versus righties, but he still gives up enough hard contact. And Suarez, if I remember correctly, is a guy like he's not a great fly ball hitter, but he's decent enough. I don't want to pay 4500 for Puig. 4,600 for Senzel. I, I I think it's just Suarez for me. It's strictly a price play. Yeah, if you want another cheap guy, Philip Irvin should get the start here. He's really, really cheap too. Not a great hitter, but uh, he will run if he gets on base. He's a guy that can steal some bases. So Washington at Detroit, um, 10 and a half total here. Anibal Sanchez against Daniel Norris. Um, any interest here in Sanchez? Nope, he... Was decent last year and decent to start off this year, and he just hasn't been great like throughout the course of the season. He doesn't give up a whole lot of home runs, but he can like he's just not a great pitcher. I don't think I want to spend eight seventy four hundred on him when I can go up slightly more, or slightly less for other guys I like. I actually like Sanchez a lot here, Grant. Um... After just you know playing every pitcher against Detroit, it seems like right right now, Sanchez is a guy with a two seventy two WOBA and a point zero nine nine ISO. He limits the power to right handed bats very well. Even though he does give up a lot of fly balls, he's a guy that still generates enough soft contact to both sides. That when you're looking at this lineup, they just don't have a lot of power. You know, Nick Castellanos is a guy that we expected to do way better. And like his numbers even scream some regression because he's been on the good side of Babbitt. So I actually like Sanchez here, seventy four hundred. Um, certainly a guy that I'm considering in tournaments. Uh, don't think I'd play him in cash games. I do think there's better plays in cash games today, but 
I think he's a guy that I'm certainly considering here um, for tournaments just because of how good he is against righties. And, you know, when you have an exit velocity of an average of 85.7, you're doing something right. Like you're generating enough and there's just not a ton of power in this lineup. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Hey, I never feel good about it, but like, you know, Gerardo and Chavez, like I'm, I'm already running good this week with pitchers against Detroit. Well, let's just keep it running. Right. Yeah, you got um, convinced. <laughs> <laughs> like, I played Jesse Chavez, Grant, and I played Gerardo, um, all in Gerardo. So, like, I'm willing to roll the dice on Anibal Sanchez. Um, Daniel Norris on the other side of this game. This is a terrible spot for him. You know, Washington, one of the best teams in baseball against left-handed pitching. Um, up and down, just everybody in this lineup hits lefties outside of, like, Eaton. So, this is a great spot for Washington, and they might be a, a team you could potentially look at as a pivot off of course here. Yeah, yeah, no, they have a 5.7 implied team total right now. It's one of the highest on the slate here. Um, and, yeah, you look at their numbers outside of Eaton Turner. Everyone has a massive ISO versus lefties so far this year. And Norris's numbers versus righties and lefties are not great. Giving up around a 200 ISO so far this season. Um, he's like Washington's good. It's just that simple. Their bats are very good. When your worst hitter is Adam Eaton and he's still not been that bad this season, you're, you're in a good spot here. I don't, I like the stack here. I like all the righties, especially with some power. Um, I like Soto and yeah, you can realistically stack any of these guys up. They're expensive, but they're probably worth it in the spot going up against Norris. And then they get to go up against that real bad Detroit bullpen. And it's 90 degrees out there. So yeah, I'm right there with you. I really like Washington today. Yeah. Uh, all these guys, uh, I love this spot for Washington. Like whether you're using them as a secondary stack to the Dodgers or just loading up on them, like Robles is 4,100. He's a guy that's really interesting here. Um, there's another guy. Oh, Dozier is 3,400. Like, he, there's my cash game second baseman. Like, I'll be honest, I can pretty much lock him in at second base at 3,400 in this spot. So, you know, there's enough that, you know, you could play some of these, you know, high end Washington bats, mix them in with some high end bats elsewhere, and still get some of these cheaper guys too. Uh, so, I really, really, really like this spot um, for Washington. This is a great spot to attack them. As far as Detroit, like, you know, man, I, I just, I, I, yeah, I just can't play any of these guys. Like, I completely understand if you want to stack Detroit here just because they're so cheap and, you know, you can fit so much with a Detroit stack here. I completely understand if you want to do that. But that's all you're using them for. Like, you're using them just because they're so cheap. Like, Stewart's 3,400. Miggy's 3,300. Like, all these guys, I think, are under um, 4K outside of Dixon and Cassianos. So, Grant, if you're wanting some high-end pitching and, like, you still want some Dodgers or something, like, Detroit might be the team you stack to do that. Yeah, I don't. I don't want Detroit. I don't want high-end pitching. I don't want Detroit either. Uh, moving on, Atlanta at New York. Sorka, DeGrom, seven and a half total. DeGrom's only a 138 favorite here. Um, any interest here in Sorka? A little bit, and it's strictly because of his price. I mean, 9,300 is a decent price tag for him. I know he's not a great 
strikeout upside pitcher. And I know he hasn't been too good recently. He's coming off that forearm injury, but I think it looks like it's probably fine. Um, it, it's strictly a price play. He's been very good all season. I don't mind play, paying 9-3 for him. He has some upside going up against this Mets team. And he just doesn't really, like, give up a whole lot. He's not going to give up a home run. It is hot over there today. They do have a four-implied team total. But, like, his price tag isn't bad. I don't mind him. Yeah, I'd, I wish he was a little cheaper. Um, but, like, compared to where he's been at this season in a lot of his starts, like, he's a guy that is pretty cheap. Um, you know, obviously, Alonzo and Conforto worry me here. Um, when you're looking at, like, he's a massive ground ball guy. They're good fly ball hitters. So, those guys are concerning. The strikeout rate's not being extremely high uh, for the projected lineup here for the Mets, only at 18.6%. So, I actually think he has a lot working against him here. So, you know, outside of just generating a ton of ground balls and bad contact, like, I think you can look elsewhere in this price range uh, for upside. I think he's a good play, but I just don't know if he has the upside as some of these other guys in this range. Like, you know, we talked about Clevenger. Does he have the same upside as Clevenger? Like, I don't know. I I probably would go Clevenger. Yeah, but I think Clevenger is going to be quite a bit shockier. I could be wrong. We'll see tomorrow. Yeah, you're right. His upside isn't massive, but I mean, he still gets enough ground balls that he can go late into games. I mean, we saw what four game starts ago for him. He put up 29 points, like eight starts ago. He put up 32. Granted, those were against some real easy um, opponents, but he's he's still a guy that can go late into games. No, I don't disagree with that. I'm just you know I, I'm throwing devil's advocate of why he might not be worth the price tag today with all these guys in this range. Um, Jacob DeGrom on the other side of this game, you know, DeGrom is a guy that's always very interesting. He dominated the Atlanta Braves last time he faced them in Atlanta. They let him go out in the eighth and he gave up two earned runs in the eighth, but um, he pitched really well in that game. Like he's a guy that has upside, but 11 to highest price pitcher on the slate. It's really tough to want to play DeGrom when we know that we have the Dodgers facing a fastball pitcher in course. Yeah, but I think it's going to be fairly contrarian because it's really hard to play for DeGrom going up against Atlanta when we have a good or a bad fastball pitcher in course. Um, I don't expect him to have much ownership. Pretty much any time he doesn't have much ownership is when you play him. I know Atlanta is a very good team, but like you said, just two starts ago in Atlanta, he just mowed him down. I didn't have any plans on playing DeGrom at the beginning of the podcast, but I mean, honestly, his, he's an ace. He's an absolute ace. He's one of the best pitchers in the entire league. And like, I get Atlanta's a tough matchup, but there still is like, an, it's an average strikeout matchup and DeGrom's very good. He doesn't walk a whole lot of guys. He gets enough ground balls. I've talked myself onto DeGrom if he's going to be at low ownership, which I expect him to be. Yeah, you know, one obviously one of those things we just kind of have to pay attention to the price and see, or not the price, the projected ownership, and, and just kind of see where he ends up because I do have interest in DeGrom. He does have the upside. Um, I really don't see playing bats in this game. Like, yeah. I, I get if you want to play like a one-off um, Freeman – Acuna, 
I don't I don't hate that. Um, I don't hate Alonzo or Conforto just because they do hit fly balls against a ground ball pitcher. But on a 14-game slate, it's really tough to get excited about playing any of the bats from a game that has a 7.5 total with two teams under four as far as run totals. And we should probably mention Robinson Cano's 2,800. You're better off paying up a Dozier, but you know it's not the worst idea in the world. I'm going to take Dozier. <laughs> I am. I'm still going to take Dozier. Um, let's move on. Pittsburgh at Milwaukee, 10 and a half total. Chris Archer and Chassin. Chassin, a 154 favorite. Uh, any interest here in Chris Archer? I mean, no. Milwaukee's good. It's being played in Milwaukee. A lot of Archer's numbers this season are from playing in Pittsburgh. So we know that it's going to take a little bit of a hit even more going into Milwaukee. He has all right K numbers, but Milwaukee's a tough team, and Archer just gives up massive amounts of power to lefties, and there's some very good lefties, if you were unaware, in this lineup. Yeah, we're going to get to it. Trust me. Um, definitely one of my favorite stacks outside of course, um, and I have zero interest in Archer. You talked about a lot, and I hate – and I've talked about this a lot. I hate home road splits because it's taking a sample that's already probably not big enough and kind of splitting it in half. But he has a 1.84 home run per nine at home this season. He has a 3.16 home run per nine on the road. Um, he's giving up a lot more home runs on the road, kind of what you were talking about um, already, Grant. So Chris Archer is a guy that like – you, you want to attack in this spot. It is such a good spot for Milwaukee. Like I said, I think they're a really good pivot off of cores, and we'll get there in a second. Um, Chassin, I don't mind Chassin against right-handed heavy teams. He's been terrible this year. But there's enough lefties in this lineup with Reynolds and Bell and Moran and Dickerson, I guess Frazier as well. Five lefties. I, I don't see the, the reason to even consider Chassin today. Yep, no interest at all. Um, pretty much all those lefties that I just got done talking about. Like, if you want to make a little like three or four man here uh, with Pittsburgh bats, they get a massive ballpark upgrade here. Bell, Moran, Dickerson. You can roll out those three guys right there in the heart of the lineup and make a nice little three man. Yeah, and I don't mind using Marte. I don't mind using Reynolds. I don't even mind paying a huge amount of money for Newman. Um, so many other games are being played in a bad ballpark a really bad ballpark for hitting. So they come over here. They got a great situation playing in Milwaukee. It's great for lefty power, which they have quite a bit of. This is a perfect spot going up against a extreme splits pitcher. And this isn't just a small sample size. This is a big sample size, which is seen being terrible versus lefties. This game, it, I, I, I think that it might actually be higher scoring than the Rockies. I think there's a pretty decent chance that it's higher scoring than the Rockies game. And I like both sides of it. Target the lefties here. Target anyone with power. It's being played in Milwaukee, and Chassin's bad. So Bell, Moran, Dickerson, and you can throw Reynolds or Marte in there if you really want. Nothing really to add. Um, I, I like the Pittsburgh bats here. I like this game. It's a really good game stack, like you said. The Milwaukee side, I love this team. You know, we talked about the home runs, the splits here. He has a 45% fly ball rate with a 46.7% hard hit rate against lefties this season, 143 plate appearances with a 280 ISO. The hit distance is 215 plus 0.5. Like, 
Grendel, Yelich, Mustakas, Thames, all very much in play here. Like any lefty, like if Gamble cracks the lineup, like any lefty that cracks the lineup here is very much in play um, for Milwaukee. Yeah, and I mean, even look at like this is always an interesting one. I largely disregard ISO um, against batters in situations like Archer, where he's pitching in a great ballpark, but he still is giving up a 200 ISO to both sides of the plate. So playing in Milwaukee, he's just kind of effed here. I mean, Yelich is quite possibly no. I mean, Bellinger is on the slate, and Coors is on the slate. Outside of Coors is the top overall option on the slate um, in terms of raw points here, going up against Archer. But Mustakas, Grandal, Thames—you mentioned it—they're all great. I don't mind throwing in Braun. Um, really, anyone with power in this lineup is a good option. Yep. Um, yeah. Nothing to really add here. Minnesota at Chicago, Jose Barrios um, against an opener, followed by, it sounds like, Justin Nicolano. Um, any interest here in Jose Barrios? A bit. I mean, the projected lineup strikes out a 25% clip. It would strictly be a tournament thing. His price tag's a bit too high. Like, you can take shots on him in GPPs. There's still a chance... I mean, honestly, I'm not going to be surprised if I have one Barrios to Grom lineup because um, there's a lot of cheap guys on the slate. But I probably I reserve him for big field tournaments, and that's if Degrom's going to draw some ownership. Yeah, um, I, I don't hate Barrios as a tournament pivot, but that's really all he is on this slate. Their strikeout upside in this White Sox lineup, but it's kind of it. Um, as far as this this spot for the White Sox, Justin Nicolano, um, we saw him, Nico, we saw him a lot with the Marlins in 2015 and I think 2016, maybe even 2017, but um, has kind of floated around in AAA since then. He's not a really high strikeout guy. Um, he struggled with triple, home runs in AAA this season. Um, he actually started the season with the Twins, like, He's kind of floated around, and I think they just need some arms here, and it's a terrible matchup for him against Minnesota. Yeah, and who knows how late he's going to go into the game. Bullpen arms, not great in Chicago. Minnesota's another one of those stacks that you can easily pivot to um, in tournaments. I mean, Garber, if he's in the lineup, 300 ISO versus lefties. Um, Cruz crushes lefties, has a 70% hard contact rate versus them this year. But they're also going to get some righty or righty pitchers during this matchup here. So going with Kepler and Polanco is not a bad call at all. Like Polanco, obviously worse versus lefties than he's versus righties this season. But again, half the half that bats are going to be up against bad bullpen righties in all likelihood here. And we could see this game get out of control very quickly, considering Barrios is in on the other side. It's decent weather, 86 degrees, 50% humidity over in Chicago. Looks like it. So, yeah, full stack these guys up. And Cruz is too cheap at 4,900 in this type of matchup. But all these guys are kind of too cheap. Crow and Sano both crush. And they're at 46 and four, or both at 4,600. So, yeah, we have a lot of good bats on this slate and a lot of super cheap ones in the, that we discussed in the earlier games. Man, like Minnesota might fly under the radar here just because of the slate. Um, I, ooh, this is a really good spot for the Twins. Like, and like you said, don't just play the lefties here. There's a, a right handed opener. 
that is going to start this game. Nico is probably not going to pitch too deep here because he's not very good. He doesn't strike people out. Like Minnesota against the Chicago bullpen with, you know, decent weather here. Like, man, this, this twins team, I can't wait to see what their implied team total is here when this game opens up. Um, any White Sox bats? No, you can take Moncada as a one-off outside of him. I like a Brayu McCann Jimenez, but Barrios is just good and he doesn't give up a whole lot of fantasy points. I, I I'm probably just fading him entirely. Um, let's see. Moving on here, we have Seattle at Houston, Tommy Malone against Wade Miley. Um, any interest here in Tommy Malone? <sighs> Very little. I mean, Malone's been very good this year. It's just a tough matchup going up against Houston. Looking at his price tag, he's right in the 7-6 range. We can go with Sanchez, and we can just go way lower. I may have one or two shares of him, but uh, like, and it's not like he's been playing against bad teams and doing this well. He's still gone against Minnesota, Houston, Texas, in Texas, Angels, like, he's putting up decent numbers going up against tough teams. So he could still have a good game versus uh, Houston. I'll have a little bit of exposure to him, but this lineup's just so good when they're this healthy. Yeah, and, like, the biggest issue for me is, like, they just don't strike out that much. And he's already faced this team once this year when they were banged up and didn't pitch great in that game. Now he's going to face this team almost full strength. So... I think there's plenty of spots we'll use Tommy Malone down the stretch here. I just don't know if this is one of them. Um, I do like Wade Miley on the other side of this game, Grant. I hate the price tag, but I think the price tag could scare some people off here at 8,600. But like Seattle's bad, and they're even worse against lefties. Like the projected lineup here has a 28.2% strikeout rate against lefties. So a guy that doesn't typically have a ton of strikeout upside. Should face three or four lefties here, plus a bunch of guys that already strike out. Like Wade Miley at 8,600. You know, if you're wanting to spend down at pitcher, is another guy we can look at here. He's my favorite play on the entire slate. I think he's going to go largely overlooked. Torinos is slightly cheaper than him. People would rather probably take a shot on Ryu, who's been fantastic, but is playing in Coors. Like Soroka, um, Clevenger are both within $1,000 of him. I think Miley comes in at around 5% ownership. I think he puts up 30 points here. Seattle's terrible. Huge strikeout numbers. Always target them versus lefties. I think that they get absolutely destroyed here. I think Miley goes eight innings, 10 strikeouts here. I wouldn't see him throwing it. I wouldn't be shocked if he throws a complete game. Um, the only thing that concerns me a little bit about Miley is the Houston bullpen has been really good. So they don't typically let him go too deep into games, but like when he wasn't walking people at high clips, they were letting him go into the hundreds. So if he's pitching well here, I have no issues in thinking that he could go seven, potentially eight innings here. So I like him a lot as well. I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm glad that you agree. Um, as far as the Seattle bats, you know, you can always play Murphy and Santana against lefties, but, I don't necessarily think I'm going to do that here. Yeah, I'm avoiding Seattle entirely. Um, Houston, even though I don't like Tommy Malone, I don't think I'll go out of my way to stack against him. I'd never hate Altuve, Springer, and Bregman against the lefty, though. Those would be the three guys that I'd be looking at here. Yeah, I'm right there with you. And I mean, those three guys, 
they're probably going against a bad Seattle bullpen the second half of the game. And if Lone does have an opener, I think that um, every guy that's open for him has given up two two runs in the first or second inning. He almost always comes in down two runs, and it's always interesting. I think outside of Minnesota, he's done that almost every time. Yeah, this price for Altuve, $3,900 against um, a lefty here is just way too cheap. So he's another guy you can look at second base. Second base pretty loaded today for sure. All right, Dodgers and Rockies, um, 11.5 total here. Ryu against Sensatella. Ryu's a 215 favorite. Uh, we just saw this game go for 20 runs um, on Thursday. What are we doing here with uh, Ryu? He's in play. He doesn't walk guys. Like, that's the big thing. Coors, yes, Babbitt can get him. He'll still strike out a decent amount of guys. It just depends on how things are going to end up with Babbitt. Uh, Colorado, much worse versus lefties. I don't hate in tournaments. Um, he has all the upside in the world, realistically, here. Uh, and that's like anytime you get a guy walking this few of guys that gets a lot of ground balls. He's not overly reliant on his curve. It's more about his changeup. I don't hate him. Um, I'll play some a little bit of him, but a full stack's always in order, even if he's pitching. So it, it's a little tough. Yeah, like obviously you're going to have some exposure to the Rockies' bats, but you got to remember, like this is a guy that has been over 10K in every start since May 12th. And the fact that he's 8,900 facing a team that does strike out against left-handed pitching that is missing one of their best right-handed bats. Like you have to have a little interest in Ryu here. If you're, if you're playing tournaments, um, I think he's a good tournament play. I, I think at 8,900, if you get like 20 to 25 points here, he's a guy that has 30 plus point upside. Like, you know, he, he could be like a huge difference maker here. So I think you got to have exposure to Ryu. Sensatella is the worst pitcher on the slate. Do not play him. Yeah, he's also in a very bad spot playing one of the best hitting teams in baseball in Coors. One of the best fastball hitting teams in baseball is the Los Angeles Dodgers. This dude throws fastball 65% of the time. He has a low strikeout rate to both sides of the plate. He walks both sides of the plate. He does generate ground balls, but that is about it. And I am not worried about that whatsoever. Um, the Dodgers... There's the top stack on the slate. They're going to be the most popular stack on the slate, and there's no reason not to play the Dodgers here. Um, even if you are game theory type person, like no reason not to play the Dodgers here. Yep, target the lefties. Muncie, Belly, Peterson, three top plays from raw points perspective, probably on the entire slate. They're also on the road, so we'll get the get the ninth thing at bat. Just play Dodgers in cash as many as you can fit. And in tournaments, you can it, it's course you can fade it, you can play it. Either one, it's like they're going to be heavily owned, and there's a reason why. Um, Rockies bats, you know, I know it's a tough matchup against Ryu, but you know, you can always play Arenado or Arenado and uh, Desmond here, um, or stack them if you think that Ryu might struggle. Yep, yeah, that's basically it. Ryu's good, but this is course anything can happen. You're going to get them at low ownership. I, I will say that. Like, you're going to get this team at low ownership just because of who they're facing. So that's always fun. All right. The last three games heading to the West Coast. We got Oakland at LA. Uh, Mike Fires against an opener. And then Felix Pena. Um, any interest here in Fires? 
there's no upside going up against a low strikeout Angels team. Um, although with Upton and Bohr in it now, do have a bit more strikeouts, but Fires, not a big strikeout guy. Getting a worse ballpark, I, I will not play him. Yep. Um, Got to keep remembering that this ballpark has been very good for hitter, hitters this season. Um, any interest here in Pena on the other side? Not really. Oakland's a good hitting team, and they're in a decent hitting ballpark. Pena's probably not going to go over 75, 80 pitches. He's going to be the long relief guy. There is some strikeouts in here, but it, it's league average. I get a 6,700, but I'm not I'm not going to play him just because there's not that much upside. Yeah, I'm not going to play him either. Um, bats for Oakland, anything? I mean, Payne has given up a lot of hard contact to righties and lefties. He's given up a decent amount of hard contact and fly balls. I like Olsen. I like Chris Davis. I like Chapman just like I always do. Because this is a good home run hitting ballpark. Davis is too cheap at 3800 Olsen's too cheap at 4100 Chapman's about right priced at 4500 I don't mind a stack here, but the three bats I'm going with are Chapman, Olsen, and Davis. Um, on the Angel side of things here, you know, fires uh, kind of reverse splits for a long time. A lot of hard contact, a lot of fly balls against righties. Um, like Trout is a great play. Upton's a good play. Um, Otani, you know, you can always play Otani. You can play Lestello. You can play Calhoun. Like, uh, you know, I don't mind getting some exposure to these Angels bats. Yep, right there with you. I mean, play the power bats. Fires is going to a worse ballpark. Problem with Otani is his price, but I still do like him for tournaments. Um, but yeah, Upton's too cheap at thirty nine hundred going against Fires. Um, I really like him. Um, St. Louis at San Diego. Michael Waka, Eric Lauer, nine total. Lauer's a one twenty eight favorite here. Um, zero respect for Michael Waka. Any interest here in Waka? I want to. There's a ton of strikeouts in this lineup. Versus right-handed pitching. But Waka has been one of the worst guys in the entire league against righties. I don't think I can do it. I mean, it is being played in Petco, but he's not a high strikeout guy. He's 5,900, which makes me want to play a little bit of him, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull the trigger. Yeah, I don't have any interest in Waka here. There's plenty of guys that I don't mind playing against the Padres. And I'm going to pass on Waka. I think he'll get some ownership here just because he's facing San Diego in San Diego, but uh, it's a pass spot for me. Um, any interest here in Eric Lauer? No. No, I mean, it's being played in um, San Diego, so that's a good like it's a good ballpark. But St. Louis, even though they've been bad recently, they're still a decent hitting team. He just hasn't shown massive strikeout upside in any matchup here. I get a 6,200. I'd rather go with Hernandez. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to play him either. Um, the, I think like we haven't played a lot of Paul Goldschmidt um, just because he's been struggling. But 4K facing a lefty, I think he's certainly a guy you could look at here. Um, Ozuna is a guy that I like, but I hate the price tag. 5K when we have all these good bats um, in 5K range that are a little cheaper. Uh, what do you like here for St. Louis? It's Goldschmidt because of the price tag. And you say we haven't been playing him much. I have. I've just been losing money because of it. Um, <laughs> him and DeJong, their price tags are fine. And 
I'm I'm just not going to full stack in Petco against a decent enough pitcher in Lauer. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to stack uh, St. Louis. Um, I actually kind of like the San Diego stack, not on DraftKings because they're so expensive, um, but they're a little bit cheaper. I'm, I think they're cheaper on FanDuel, waiting for it to load. Um, Michael Walker has been reverse splits this season, and it's been really bad. So I don't mind looking at like Tatis, Renfro, Reyes, Machado. Like we got a, a lot of um, upside in this lineup, and they are a lot cheaper on FanDuel. So it's a lot easier to build this stack over on FanDuel and you know get some leverage maybe with like um, you know another team that has a lot of upside and do a nice four v four and four here. Yeah, yeah, I don't mind that. And I think they're decent enough priced over on Yahoo. And Walk has been bad enough versus righties. I'd rather pick them off for uh, one-off power bats just because Waka gives up enough power and there's enough power in this lineup. Low strikeout rate pitcher who walks a lot of guys. It could get out of hand, but I I, I mean, Reyes is the one guy that I want to play over on DraftKings at 4,300. He's, he's hitting a bomb tomorrow, but yeah, you can go with any of these guys here. Yeah, like, you know, uh, man, Reyes, super cheap. Um, Last game on the slate, we got Arizona at San Francisco, 7.5 total, Merrill Kelly against Sean Anderson. Pick him game. Any interest here in Kelly? He's so expensive. I don't understand this. I mean, I get it's over in San Fran. He's not a good pitcher. Why is he He's priced at 9-1? <sighs> Beats me. He's been pitching good, and he pitched good against this team last time out. Um, I've stacked against him a lot this year. Don't get me wrong. I hate on him a lot, but he put up 23.9 against Arizona or against San Francisco in Arizona. Now he's getting a ballpark bump. Um, I just 9,100. And, like, even on FanDuel, like, even on FanDuel, he is 8,600, and Ryu is 8,500. I just – I don't know. I think it's more of just – feeling weird about paying this price but at the end of the day like if he's if he's a good play he's a good play and i think he is a good play i don't but i, I have an irrational hatred of him it's oh trust me he's cost me a lot of money there's a it's completely rational yeah i i i never like playing this guy i i talk so much smack about this guy but and you, you gotta respect the spot and the spot is good yeah um sean anderson on the other side of this game uh he just doesn't have any upside like you know where i know merrill kelly can go out and get some strikeouts here i just don't see that with anderson he's a contact pitcher against a team that doesn't strike out very often so it's gonna be a hard pass for me on anderson yeah i don't want to take a guy for 6400 who's only going to get me three strikeouts if that yeah, I don't hate the price for David Peralta. Um, don't hate the price for Jake Lamb, but Escobar and these guys a little bit more expensive. Marte fifty four hundred, but I don't mind looking at some of these cheap um, Arizona bats as one offs. Uh, just the cheap ones, though. Honestly, uh, this is this is probably too big of a slate slate to stack. But I mean, we've seen Arizona go crazy in San Francisco before. Shout out to JSU who called it that night, and I still didn't listen to him. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, it's, I guess Peralta just cause the price tag is fine, but I'm probably fading them. Um, any interest in the San Francisco bats? I think belt is still too cheap here at 3,400. 
Problem is, there's a lot of cheap bats. I yeah, it would be belt just for the price savings. Yeah, I don't mind belt. You know, like you said, he's really cheap. So if you want to play him, um, I certainly don't hate that. Um, that's it. Let's play the morning grind game, and then we'll get out of here for the weekend. And when we come back, it'll be July. Um, under eight K to get six or more strikeouts. Who do you got? Uh, I'm just gonna go Hernandez. All right. Give me Vincent Velasquez. Um, over eight K to score under fifteen. Who's your bust? Can we not allow Reed Foley or Kelly? Sure. All right, I'm going Lance Lamb. All right. Um, I am going to say, man, I like a lot of these guys today in this range. Um, give me Chirinos just because I know that team is really good at hitting sinkers. Um, give me a guy over 4K to hit a home run that's not in course. Corey Dickerson. See, Dick. I like it. Um, you know what? I'm going to go with Mike Moustakis. Not really off the board, but uh, under 4K to get two hits. Who do you got? We mentioned so many of them earlier. Um, I'm going to take – Are you? were you going to take Dozier? You can take Dozier. That's fine. I'll take Dozier. I'm going to take uh, Justin Upton. I like it. And so we uh, get write things down as the show goes on. That's right. Um, give me a guy or give me a stack to score six or more that's not in course today. Uh, I don't want to go obvious. I am going to go with Pittsburgh. Oh, I like that one. I really think Minnesota is going to fly under the radar today. Um, they're, they're a stack that I definitely want to get exposure to in tournaments. So I'm going to say Minnesota. Um, the other guy under 4k that was really, really strong that, you know, that we talked about was Suarez, um, for Cincinnati. So Grant, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Um, uh, nope. Just play them pirates. On that note, we're going to get out of here. Hope everyone has an awesome weekend. If you are playing fantasy NASCAR, make sure you head on over to rotogrinders.com slash NASCAR. It is an impound race. There's going to be a lot of information that comes out on Sunday morning. So a lot of stuff going to be going on. So if you want all the information and all the updates, make sure you head on over to the NASCAR premium package. That's going to wrap it up. I hope everyone has an awesome weekend. We'll be back on Monday talking some more baseball. Good luck in your contest, and we'll see you then. See you, kids.